0: I'm Carrie Brett, and this is Shot at Love. Are you consciously dating with intention? Or are you struggling to date while pulling in the same time waster, leaving you wondering why you can't find the one? Today's guest is Chantal Landerville, and she's a love coach who will help you reframe your thoughts if you're questioning yourself. Are you telling yourself comments like, How can I be so amazing if I'm still single? Am I being too demanding or will I be alone for the rest of my life? If you're feeling discouraged, this episode is for you. Chantel will help turn around self-doubt and introduce self-development. We'll get to the root of your patterns to stop attracting men who aren't emotionally available. Chantel will share love connection skills and how to raise your love signal to attract the right relationship when we come back. You won't want to miss it, and for all those love seekers out there, stay tuned. Chantelle Landreville is a certified love coach, and a lot of what she teaches comes from her 20 years of her own experience. Chantal is French-Canadian who lives in Toronto, Canada, and after years of being single and searching for love, she became a self-proclaimed self-development junkie. She's finally in a happy and healthy relationship and she wants you to have the same experience. Chantal is the founder of Raise Your Love Signal, a program to master the art of love that helps women achieve the ultimate love connection and teach them the proper skills to be in a healthy, loving, long-term commitment. She's also currently writing her book by the same name, Raise Your Love Signal. Today, Chantel will show us how to step into our power and own who we are, define what we want, and help us on the journey of finding love. It's my honor to welcome Chantel Landerville to the show today. So without further ado, welcome Chantal. Hi, Chantal.
1: Hi, wow, what a beautiful intro. Thank you, Carrie. I love it. I can't wait to have this. This chat oh, <laughs> i'm
0: good, excited. Good. I'm going to do your line. Hello, hello, hello. That's how you start your lives, which I think is adorable. <laughs>
1: <laughs> hello, hello, hello.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so you are all personality and all heart. And happy Valentine's Day, by the way. Every day is Valentine's Day. Happy
1: Valentine's <laughs> Day. I know. How amazing is it to have this conversation today? I know. Listen, I'm all about love and I could talk about love 24 7. So I couldn't think of a better platform to be on today. Thank you. (laughs) Oh, that's so great.
0: Yeah, for me, every day is Valentine's Day, and I love helping people find love. So tell us a little bit about your story and why you're so inspired to help others. I know when you were a little girl, your dad died when you were just two years old, which made a big impact in your life. Can you tell us a little bit about the beginning of your story?
1: Yes. Wow. We're going deep right away. I love it. <laughs> this is awesome. Yes, indeed. So I, I was raised by a single mother. My father passed away, uh, as you mentioned, at two. And I would say for the majority of my life until mm, almost my early 40s, I would do two things. In my teens, I would always be attracted to hanging out with boys. There was something about the male presence that was just, you know, my my thing. I um, I, I now understand why that is, and I'll get to that in a few minutes, but I was one of the boys. I was, like, very, very – it was easy for me to just hang out with these guys. And then when I finally – um. Came out of a, the only long-term committed relationship I had as a, as a very young age. I left it because I realized it was kind of like this very authoritative um, um, display of of a relationship. It was almost like my father' authority with this person. It wasn't very wasn't very healthy. And my journey of being single went on for almost 20 years. And through those 20 years, I was extremely fascinated with self-help. And as you mentioned it, I I became a bit of a (laughs) self-help junkie. And one of the reasons I kept going back to that was I could not seem to attract other men to me. All the men that I would call in would be very emotionally unavailable. I was the best person at doing long distance relationships. (laughs) It was just a regular pattern. And thank God through my journey, I finally came to understand why that was. And through therapy at 38 years old, I understood that My father was the reason that I attracted unemotional available men. So as a two-year-old, you know, I think what people don't know enough of is that our first love are our parents. Right, whether they were there, whether they were not, whether they were good, whether they were bad, it's our first example that we experience of love. So, as a two-year-old, that was in love madly with my dad, and my mom always tells me how we had such a beautiful relationship together, and he made me laugh. Probably where I pick up my (laughs) my constant laughter. (laughs) um, You know, I, I felt completely abandoned, and men to me registered in my subconscious that they would just leave you and they would just be this feeling of abandonment. So I, I came to understand through that therapy session, thank God, that I was protecting my heart. Being with emotional unavailable men was a way for me to stay in control of the situation at all times, to make sure I would leave it. I It wouldn't work out. It was always in my control. And, you know, when we talk about understanding why we don't find love or why we keep, you know, attracting certain kinds of guys or women, it's really important to get to the root of why that is. And that is most of the time. Well, I would say I'll I'll actually say it is from rooted from our childhood. And uh, that's that's the relationship that we have with our parents. So we really have to take the time to look at how our parents were together, how our relationship was with our mother and how our relationship was with our father to identify these things.
0: Right, right. So this is all really interesting to me. Now, my dad has been a big, important piece of my life. He's a photographer as well, but he worked a lot. Mm -hmm. So he was always gone and Mm -hmm. he worked... All the time, So I didn't get as much time, but he was a perfect example of when he was there, he made it count. And mm-hmm. I find your story interesting because I preferred to hang out with boys as well. It was yes. just easier. I was kind of, I guess I was a tomboy. My producer, Tom will attest to, you know, <laughs> skating on ponds and <laughs> running through the woods and all the things that we did do. But it was yes. easier and, and there was no drama it was just like laughter and hanging around with men made things simple and so mm-hmm. the 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 part that you chose these long distance relationships is really interesting to me because it is a form of a mister unavailable because yeah it's not always it's not a constant everyday moment to moment relationship so mm-hmm. i applaud you for doing all this work in self-development another thing I heard you say that was interesting was that you're in sales so you were really grounded in your masculine and I think that could be part of my problem as well and so it didn't work when you tried to pull in the same big personality as you and so now the relationship that you have is a little bit opposite of your personality is that true
1: yeah, and that's a really, really great point. And I'm happy that you brought that up because that's that was another one of my issues why I wasn't attracting guys as well is that I was so, we and we both had this conversation where I was one of the boys. So the guys would tell me everything. And I was like the cool chick that they wanted to hang out with, but they didn't want to take me out on dates. There was this kind of like pattern that settled in where – For me, I felt, oh, I need to be the ghoul girl to attract guys, but that didn't work. There was an unbalance in that masculine, feminine energy side, and we all hold both energies, and sometimes to make sure that you attract your match, it has to be, one has to be stronger than the other. If not, there's no attraction. So I was so masculine being in my masculine, as you said, with masculine guys that it didn't, there was no attraction, there was no room for it. Mm. I really, really had to learn eventually when I found out as well, you know, thank God for the, for the self-development platforms and all this stuff that I was open to learn about really stepping in more into my feminine essence to attract certain kinds of men, if that's what I wanted to attract. And that's why I say it's really important to understand where our behaviors, how we show up in relationship or even in our friendships, because sometimes if we show up in relationship, we actually show up in many different other areas in our life, just at different levels. Mm. So if you understand where those behaviors are coming from, it's easier to change them and have a different perspective on, okay, Chantal, this is not working for you. You're not attracting <laughs> you're not attracting a certain kind of guy for a reason. And when I realized this was a pattern of mine, I needed to learn how to be more in that feminine energy. There's nothing wrong with being in your masculine side. There's just different times and moments to tone it down. Does that make sense? Yeah, it
0: makes sense because I have sales experience as well because I run a studio and I sell my photography. And in sales, you've got to be tough. Mm -hmm. There's no place. I mean, think about your career. You were in sales, so you had to be tough. And in Mm -hmm. my photography world, it was predominantly male. So Mm -hmm. I had to be strong like a man to survive. And it's funny to hear you talk about this masculine because you're so beautiful and to me you're super feminine. And <laughs> and I can't see you being the girl that was second picked. Oh. You don't portray that, but I know that the work is important to you because it took you a long time to get there. What changed when you started to understand that this was the problem?
1: Well, I had to rewire my brain because what we tend to do and until we do this work, which I've noticed we're we're talking about it more today, thank God, but we often don't pay attention or are ready to receive this kind of information until later in life, right? There's a lot of things that were planted the seeds were planted in my head when I was in my late 20s or early 30s, but I didn't process it exactly the way I've come to process it between life experience, because sometimes you just have to burn yourself on the oven, right? It's just right. like you can learn all you want, but you just need that lesson to kind of put what you, you've been taught and then apply it. So I would say what what really worked for me at one point once I found that out, I was like, okay, how can I rewire this old programming? And that's that's the hard part, because if you're wired that way for most of your life, to change it overnight is not going to happen. And what I've even... What I've even mm, decided <laughs> or made the decision on is that oftentimes these programs don't leave us we just become aware on how to handle them so in my case, I'll give you an example um, because I was in my masculine energy and I left my house very young I was on my own working very young I had to sustain myself because I came from a, a you know a very moderate to low income family single mother so I had to be a survivor. So stepping into my masculine dominant where it's just I get shit done was was the way to go. And I needed, so that comes with control issues where every single time I had to be in control of everything. So having the awareness of that behavior and how that would show up in my everyday practice, that's what I, you had to, that's how I changed it. So when I met Jeff, my beautiful, magical unicorn, as I love him, he is very tender, very soft-spoken, doesn't raise a tone. He is very, very present in his feminine energy where I'm like, you know, extroverted, talk loud, you know, say what you think. Or are salespeople. It's just like, go, 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 go. I needed, because of the work I had identified where I needed and wanted to be a little bit more. Um, vulnerable, being provided for. I had to make room and change to receive it, right? So I will always remember this. uh, When we first moved in together, um, I was like, okay, how are we going to do this? You know, who pays for what? And I'm going to do this and you're going to take care of that. And he just looks at me and he's like, Chantal, I got it. I, you don't have to take care of anything and I remember Carrie the feeling I started like inside anxiety shaking I was like no way this is not happening what do you mean you no know, my my inner child went into like my independence control <laughs> issues mm. where I was like no way like I can't let you do this and then because I was aware of my behaviors and all of my patterns, that also that little girl inside of me said, Chantal, this is what you worked for. Now it's time for you to receive it and say, yes, it's okay. That doesn't mean you're not safe. It doesn't mean you're not independent. It doesn't mean that you lose your control. It just is coming in a really safe, different way. And he actually said, "Um, Chantal, do not Take away something from me that I want to do for you and that I choose to do. And that was like the end.
0: (laughs) Yeah. He does sound like a magical unicorn. (laughs) But it's true. So I think when you are so successful and you get things done and you can depend on yourself you can easily fall into that pattern of finding some non-emotional man or someone who is not always present. I think the mistake that women make is that we have to step into this receiving energy and that we do deserve (laughs) to have a man take care of us. And my problem is because I've always had to take care of myself, I was a single mom, I have Mm -hmm. a really hard time asking for help. And today, yeah, and today I had a lot going on, and I had to hand off a couple of things to my boyfriend, and I'm like, we need some help today, and he was happy to do it. It it actually made him feel good to do it. And so I think we need to stop being so... like controlling, and
1: yeah, we do, and men love, love, love being needed, they love it, they only want to help you, and I would say the average person wants to wants to help you if you ask, it's crazy because there's like it's actually proven scientifically that helping people when you're a person that's actually helping it it gives you the 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 serotonin feeling of happiness, it like acts activates your oxytocin and all of that stuff that makes you happy and that gives you fulfillment. So people want to actually help you. It's really us that get caught up in that pattern and that, you know, thinking I got to do everything on my own. And, you know, Carrie, I'm happy you brought it up because when I was saying earlier, how we we're so programmed and it stays with us, like this stuff will still surface for me. Sometimes I'll, you know, if I'm having a a bad day, or um, uh, even I I, I get in a tiff with my boyfriend, and I feel that he doesn't understand me, I can easily go back into that. God damn it, nobody gets me, I have to do everything on my own, and blah, 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 just like that inner chatter resurfaces again. And that's where where when you have the awareness, and you're so conscious of your behaviors, you can catch yourself and say, oh, There you go. That's that little one coming up again. And then you can just kick her out. (laughs)
0: Yeah, I think we don't give ourselves enough credit. And one of the reasons why I was so drawn to you is because you're really kind and you can tell that you really want to help people around all this love issues that, that people tend to have. And you're a really good listener. And I've noticed that from your clubhouse rooms and and your feedback to others. And that is a quality that you must have when you're in sales, being a good listener. Were there any other qualities that you took from the success you had in sales and applied it to dating?
1: Oh, I like that. That's a really a great analogy and question. That's awesome. Yes, listening, definitely, because we often listen to talk, right? We're just already processing in our head what we want to say versus listening to really hearing what the other is, is saying. So um, I would say the other thing that I've learned is humility and patience which I always said, I didn't have any patience in most of my everyday life other than in my work. When I decide that, you know, I want an account, I want a certain thing, I would like, okay, it's okay. Don't worry. I'm sticking around. I'm, I have a goal. I'll, I'll wait around and I'll end up, I'll end up rounding, rounding you up and getting you. So I would say those are the two. Humility is Um, I would actually, I would equal that to humility and ego. There's no room for ego and only humility. So I will give you an example. I remember when I was working in sales, I had an assistant that would help me prepare all my paperwork and my samples um, to go on the road. And uh, the night before I had said, okay, I need this. I'm going to pass by the office very early tomorrow morning. And when I got to the office, they weren't ready, and I got pissed. I got mad. I started screaming. and uh, a couple weeks later, I was sitting with my boss at the time, and she we were doing my evaluation, and she told me, "You know, Chantal, this is a problem with you, is that you lose your mind, and this behavior doesn't service anybody, and you need to learn that who responds well to To being screamed at, to being, you know, highly uh, high tone pitched, talked to in an aggressive way. And that was one of the biggest lessons that still, until today, stayed with me because she was right. It was not about focusing on the problem, it's always about focusing on the solution. And I am like that in my relationship every single day. When there's something that surfaces between us as a couple and um, that there's a problem, I'm like, okay there's no sense in arguing how can we fix this what is the solution how can we come together as a couple for me to help you solve this and that's humility at the same time where you're not letting your ego get in the way you're just wanting to make it better as as a as a duo as a duo mm. to to find the solution and that really helps because sometimes we get caught up too much and what we didn't get, and it's about us, right? Me, 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 me. We get very self-absorbed. And when we talk about being in a relationship, it's not about you. It's about the actual relationship. And I call it the the entity of its own. That's why I say a relationship is a threesome. It's you, your partner, and the actual relationship. It has an entity of its own. It stands on its own. If you want a successful relationship, you need to show up for it, not for yourself or not, you know, as a partner, as individuals, you need to show up for it together in the relationship.
0: Right. Well, this is when you're successful, you work really hard at fixing problems, right? So (laughs) I can see you. I heard you say earlier something like, well, that's okay, I'll still win that person over. I'll still get that person. So when you get rid of the ego, because people yeah. approach dating like, and they don't hear the cues, they don't hear that that person's not ready. Yeah. And I was the queen of not listening to that and <laughs> thinking, well, I'll win this person over and make them be ready. Uh, and that just yeah. doesn't happen. So what would your advice be for women to avoid dating someone who's not ready?
1: Oh, my God, I have so much to say about this. It's uh, first off, I and this is something that I do in my program is that let's get really clear on what you want and what you need. When we're clear about what we're looking for, it's easier when you start dating to pay attention to those red flags or those green flags, right? Because we often compromise ourselves when, when we start dating or when, when we head into a relationship to please or because we want to be liked. It's like I've noticed that. And I, I, I remember when I started dating my boyfriend, I was like, wow, I am 44 years old. And this is the first time ever I am actually being 155% all of me at all times. And this guy is really loving me for it. Like it was amazing. And it's still amazing because I never have to, I never feel I have to walk on eggshells or pretend to, you know, I can't let him know this part. I can't say this. I can't say that. He's going to freak out. It's such a peaceful feeling to be loved for you and all of you. And that's what I would say. Get clear on what those needs are for for you, your boundaries, your deal breakers, that sometimes when we start going into dating, we compromise them because we get caught up in the romance or the, I need to be loved. I want to check that box that I found my person. So I would say, number one, get really, really clear on what you want and what you need. And there's a big difference between the two. Wants are typically very self-absorbed. It's like, I want her to be, you know, slim and sexy. I want him to be six foot two and athletic and cook and, you know, financially at ease. Needs are fundamental. These are deal breakers. As I said, there's things that need, you need as a person to be nourished and taken care of. They're just, um, they're principles, they're pillars. And I always say, do it do those two columns side by side, do it for a partner and do it from a relationship perspective and it's such an eye opener because I would say most of the women I work with say, you know, when I ask the question, do you know what you want? Describe it to me and they're really good at describing what they want but when I ask them what they need out of a relationship (laughs) it's a very different look I just get these like, what? What? I never thought about it that way so, the clearer we are about what we need, our fundamentals, you will risk compromising yourself a lot less when you start dating and getting lost in that whole, like, as I said, you know, it's easy for us to get caught in the, the rom com side of things or the Disney, you know, just the, the whole, I want to be in love kind of thing or lust or infatuation because that can happen. And then the other thing I always say to ask yourself, Is once you've identified these things, who do you need to be or become to attract those things or make sure you don't repeat the same mistakes you did in the past? So in my case, it was being too too masculine, too dominant with men. I needed to really learn to let men kind of take their space and let them court me, not me be the friggin' lioness and just attack. I just like I needed to change my behavior. And um, because when we keep repeating the same things, you know, you have to really ask yourself, it's, it's, it's often, it's us. It's not the other person. In my case, it was all me. I kept attracting unemotional available men. It was my own fault. So really paying attention to how you need to be or become also is a great tool. And the clearer you are on these things, this will keep your vision. It's funny because I'm actually writing the chapter in my book exactly on what we're talking about right now. And it will open your eyes. It's like it'll give you these like James Bond lenses where you can see through <laughs> the the gray the gray skies and see the the real sun behind the gray skies that kind of camouflage. You know what the reality of things does that make sense?
0: No, it does make sense. And one of the interesting things I heard you say when you were helping one of your clients. You were like screaming at the client in a sense and saying, why would you ever want to compromise your needs to be in a relationship Mm -hmm. with someone else? And when you said that, I was like, she totally gets this. And and I think it's really smart to get clear about what you need and what you desire. Because I think people Mm -hmm. fall into the trap of this list. But really, was any of those things on my original top 10 list Anything that I needed? Not really.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: I really wanted someone who was interested, or maybe they they weren't interested in something that I was interested in, but they appreciated how my mind worked. Mm-hmm. Last night, I was really excited about the Super Bowl halftime show, and
1: <laughs> same. <laughs> so excited! It was great. <laughs> and so I
0: I was like cleaning the kitchen, and I'm like okay, this is exactly how it's going to play out. I'm like, it's going to start with, dun, 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 dun. and then Jerry's going to go. And I'm like, then Snoop Dogg's going to come in. Da, 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 da. And my boyfriend is laughing so hard. He's like, I seriously carry I'm like, no, then this is going to happen, and this is going to happen. And we sat down together. Those are the songs. And <laughs> I've run so many miles to Eminem. I'm like, it's going to play out this way. And he was laughing. He's like, you and your little creative mind. But I took away so much detail. Like, it felt so L.A. and the white framework. It just was so spot on. And I love all those details because I'm an artist. And, yes. and at least he listened to me. He His mind doesn't work like mine. But I really appreciate when I see creative genius at its best, I have to talk mm-hmm. incessantly about it. But (laughs) (laughs) he appreciates that about me. So I can't dumb that down. That's who I am. Exactly. And so I think it's so important to find somebody who laughs at your nonsense, Mm -hmm. appreciates that you're not going to scale it down. And you have this genuine personality and you're great at connecting with others and you're not going to change that you're going to have this laugh that you're recognized for and that <laughs> you know you laugh at yourself you told the great <laughs> story of getting stuck in the snow of dorm and how you were like flirting with a tow truck driver and <laughs> <laughs> can you tell that story the- because i think that was i think that's a great example of showing up as yourself your genuine self being who you are, with a smile on your face, laughter, humor, all this stuff are selling points. Everybody wants someone positive. Dating can be so negative, so tell that story. I thought that was great. How great would it be to find the love of your life? The man of your dreams do you believe online dating would work if you had the right tools to be successful well i have exciting news i've created your best shot at love masterclass i cannot wait to share with you what's worked for me in my life and for many of my clients that have helped over the years if you enroll in this class you have a winning mindset and believe in getting help before you start something new If you're ready to see changes in your dating life and want to take action, check out my free webinar at shotatlove.co. If you decide you're going to choose another path, that you're worth it, and you're willing to enroll in the masterclass, you can also register at shotatlove.co. I designed this masterclass specifically for you to be successful. Please know that everything you're going to learn in these nine modules and six coaching calls has been carefully curated for you so you can gain the success you truly want. I will be there for you the whole time. In the meantime, I wish you all the success and I can't wait to hear about your story of finding love. I'm Carrie Brett and I will be your mentor and friend through this incredible journey.
1: Well, yeah, that was a, oh my God. So a few weeks ago, we had a massive blizzard. It's not even a snowstorm. We had a blizzard. We hadn't had snow in Toronto like that for almost like 15, 20 years. And I got up in the morning and I'm a Montrealer. I'm used to the snow. So I'm just like, this is nothing. I'll be fine. So I get out, I drive to my gym appointment. And as I, an hour later, I come out and I'm like, oh wow, okay, there's a lot more snow. And there was a guy behind me that was stuck. So I couldn't get out. So finally, I figure this stuff out, and I decide to go west on a one-way street, going east to get out. So I take my 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 shot, and I'm like, I'm gonna do this. And I'm driving, and I'm like, so proud of myself. Yeah, yeah, I did the right decision. And all of a sudden, I stop, and the car is like, can't move. And uh, my boyfriend hadn't put the winter tires on the car yet, so it was even worse. So I tried all my techniques that I usually, that usually works well as a Montreal is stuck in the snow. And all of a sudden I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to have to call my, my boyfriend and get this car towed because there's no way I can get out of here. And as I'm thinking this, the, the snow plow passes on this, on the main street. And what went from one feet of snow went to literally three feet of snow. And I was like, oh my God, I'm never getting out of here. Never mind getting out of the street. I can't even cross that main street to get anywhere. So I'm like, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And all of a sudden, I see the small uh, street sidewalk snowplower come by. And I'm like, I'm going to ask him. So I wave him down. And I could tell as he's (laughs) looking at me, he's rolling his eyes like, great, another person that's stuck. (laughs) But I'm like, I'm going to get you, see, (laughs) patience, (laughs) persistence. I run to the end of the street and I'm like, you have to help me. So he opens his window. And I say, I said, I'm stuck. He goes, yeah, welcome to my world. You and like, you're the fourth person that stopped me. And I said, to, and I could tell he was angry that I was disturbing him. And I said, well, don't you feel like a superhero today? You get to save people. Well, Carrie, the face on him completely changed. Like he he started laughing. He couldn't like, so I love to say kill people with kindness and fun and it's like you can literally get whatever the hell you want and then I, I explained to him well, this is our first snowstorm all winter so I mean like aren't you happy to be working and that you can actually be saving people today and I said you have to be my superman and help me well what do you think he did he like not only removed all the snow at the end of the street so I could like get out but he removed all of the snow in front of the car and you know left and with a smile and I was like thank you so much (laughs) so I always say you know kindness and charm can put a, a piece of sunshine in everybody's life like I always say you know there's nothing wrong with saying thank you or you know how are you today to anybody that we cross uh, over in our, in our paths, because when you say that I take this to heart, um, I mean, I, I think I'm definitely in the right business because we all need more love and love shows up in very, very different ways. Right. And I think that kindness and interest in other people is a huge quality that we all need to possess more, you know, interest. How is your day? Thank you for Giving me my coffee today um, to your favorite barista, for example. And as this guy, I said, you know, thank you for being my superhero. You're just like, you're my superman today.
0: (laughs) I love it. I thought that was a great, great story. And flattery, flattery will get you anywhere. And flattery, indeed. And use your personality and don't be afraid to put yourself out there. I, I thought that was a terrific story. And I want to talk about a couple of things before we end the episode, one of the golden rules or one of the things that you are really an expert about or know so much about is this conscious dating. Mm -hmm. And I don't feel like people are really talking about this. So there's a conscious way to date. And then there's people who are dating unconsciously. And Mm -hmm. What is one of the best definitions you've heard to describe non-conscious dating?
1: Oh, non-conscious dating is transactional. Where conscious dating is, is you literally, there's growth consistently. And I'm looking for the word that we always say. And for a reason, I'm, I'm, for some reason, I'm having a blank. It'll come back to me, but a conscious conscious dating is all about how you can perceive the growth or the learn learning through it. That's that's what I would say. Where non conscious is all about trans it's transactional. It's like what did I get? What did I not get? Like what are you doing for me? What am I going to do for you? Kind of thing. So when we talk about conscious dating, it's setting intention when you go into um, into the actual dating world. And, you know, I, I, have my clubhouse room that it's, it's all about conscious, conscious conversation, conscious dating, conscious relationships, where there's an awareness basically of how you are going into it. And as I said, with intention, and when you have that awareness and you go into it with intention it's not, you're not looking for a, um, a checklist or like a, a box to check that I just got to get this done. It's more about, I know what I want. I know what I need. I will pay attention and enjoy the ride. Because, you know, one of the things that happens when we go into dating, Carrie, is, and especially women do this all the time, is they go into dating saying, oh, could he be my, could he be the one? Could he be the one? Is he a potential for me to... So we already set so much expectation out of the date instead of being present to the person that's in front of us and getting to know each other in conscious conversation. Um, Does that make sense?
0: No, it does make sense because people need to understand this because there's a lot of emotionally unhealthy people dating. And I think it's important (laughs) to filter... And find the men who are not intentional. And they're just out saying whatever women want to hear, but mm-hmm. in a sense, end up wasting women's time. And I heard you and Daniel Harold, the divorce dad, talking about this on one of your Instagram lives. And Daniel said, when there's a lack of communication and effort, these are cues from someone who's not intentional. So take inconsistency as a no. What advice would you have for women in observing men's answers? Would it be like focus on the actions in the early stages of dating?
1: Yes, action speaks louder than words. This is something I teach and I am very adamant about. Men can say anything. They will actually say anything, especially men that are not conscious and intentional. They will will say anything to get you in bed because that's, that's... that's what men want, right? It's just their 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 creature and it doesn't make it wrong. It's how they are built. It's just they want to get you in bed. So if you want to be dating a conscious man or intentional or see through it, first of all, you need to get your own shit together. You need to really do the work, the inner work of understanding what are your Patterns? Why are you showing up the way you do? Which is, we go back to what I said from the beginning of the podcast about really getting clear on your behaviors, your patterns, your wants, your needs, that relationship with your parents, and really, really identify that inner work. That's number one. Because the more you know about this, the more you'll be able to read in between the lines when you're actually dating on the dating circuit. I remember when I was dating, I could pick up so much in so, so little. And a tip that I would say to women, have really quality conversation, questions to ask. You know, there's a big difference on, you know, it still freaks me out sometimes how people, how's your week? How's your day? Like, that's an open-ended question. It doesn't leave room for a lot of conversation. You know, I always say if you're going into a date and, oh, you're, you know, it didn't work out with your ex ex-girlfriend, what did you learn from it and how did you grow from it? Very different question. And that leaves room for you to interpretate. If you're paying attention, we talk about listening, Carrie, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> how it's an asset and a tool, pay attention, listen to what he will say. And that can give you a lot of information and can actually lighten up the, re- the red flags or the green flags very much. So ask quality questions. Don't try to convince yourself that he, when a man doesn't have time, doesn't communicate as Daniel said, and this came from the mouth of a man, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, stop making excuses. Stop making yourself excuses for him. Or even I always say, of course, it hurts to be rejected. There's no one that enjoys it. It sucks. But why do you want to be with someone or desire someone that doesn't want you? Why? Why do you even want to continue that conversation? And that's where I ask, you know, take it to a whole other level. What? What is my problem? If I'm thinking like this, is my self-worth, is my level of loving who I am at a level it should be? Because if you are doubting your self-worth, you know, I always say your partner will only love you as much as you love your own self. So you need to make damn sure that that inner work is done. That you know your value, you know your worth. So don't try to convince yourself <laughs> that you can change men, because that's a whole other thing that we do. Is that oh he's busy? We excuse behaviors, right? He's busy. He hasn't responded to me. When a guy will be into you, trust me, they will be friggin' running rocks uphill to like service you and that's that's what you want as well that's 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 what we all deserve to have is somebody that is into us and will make the effort and show up if you are settling for that you're like that means you're you're acceptant of crumbs you're acceptant of crumbs and what do you get when there's crumbs you don't get the whole cake so even as you move on to that relationship if it develops the 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 it's you can't make a cake out of crumbs it's too late you will always be number two or not you know be treated I like to say a queen <laughs> <laughs> I believe we should all be treated like queens as we should treat our men like king. it's not a one-way street I I'm I'm very big on that it's, it's never a one-way street but you want to be treated like a queen, so stop settling for bad behaviors. Right. Like just stop trying to convince yourself. Right.
0: And Natalie Liu, who I love, I love her book, Mr. Unavailable and the Fallback Girl so much. She writes in her book, crumbs doesn't make a loaf. And it's so true. So oh,
1: that is hilarious. <laughs> yeah,
0: she's she's really funny. So heal yourself and the way you love yourself determines the quality of the partner that you pull in. So yeah. I love everything that you teach, and I can't wait to read your book. And the last question I have for you is, how can we raise our love signal?
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. And I, 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 I love that question. When I get it, it gets me all fuzzy and excited because how we can raise our love signal is how we show up number one for ourselves every day, every single day. And that can be as simple as, you know, looking yourself in the mirror and say, hey, girl, <laughs> I love you today. Or be gentle with ourselves, right? We're, you were saying, Carrie, that we're so hard with ourselves. And I think this is a syndrome that we all suffer from in society. We're so demanding of who we are as people, and we never focus on, We never focus on what we've accomplished. We're really good at focusing on what we haven't done yet. So love yourself first. Like raise your love single for me is learn to raise the bar on loving yourself every single day. And that can be in the smallest little actions. Raise your love single number two, be attentive, loving to other people. When I was saying we all need to be more loving and just Give to people how maybe you would love to be uh, given to. And I, this can be as simple when you're walking down the street and you say hi to someone and shoot them a smile. I, I meet people here every single day and it's amazing how when I say hi, how people are stunned. <laughs> right? It's like, or when you're in my condo, my elevator condo, it's like you're in the elevator, nobody comes in, they have head down and I'm like, hi, how was your day? How's it going? You know, just like, they're like, wow, somebody is interested in me. It makes you feel good. right? And then do the work on yourself. Do the work on yourself. Um, The journey never stops. There's always something to learn. And I would say my last my last recommendation that I have about raising your love signal is always be open. Be open to change. Be open to trying. Be open to seeing things on a different scale. Be open to, oh, you know, I thought I thought like this, but now that you explain it this way, I, I, I'm seeing it another way, because if you are open to all of those things that will help you in communication, it will help you with your relationship, how you guys interact when you're not um, on the same page for certain things. It will help you with your friends. It will help you with your family. It will help you in any given relationship, being open, open to, to just hearing things differently seeing things differently. And I love to say seeing them as you were a kid again, where it's like, you're not in this ego possession of, I know, I know, I know. (laughs) (laughs) I am willing to learn. I am willing to pay attention. I am willing to change my mindset. I am, you know, this can, can help you with anything in life is really, really being open.
0: I love this. This is such a great episode. Chantel, thank you so much for teaching us how to show up for ourselves when we're dating and how to be open to the possibilities. I think you are so inspiring and are a wealth of information. Thanks so much. Where can people find you, find out more about your book to come and your clubhouse room and where they can find you on social media?
1: So thank you for that. They can find me on my website, which is called raiseyourlovesignal.com. And if you have any questions or want to reach out to me directly, yes, at raiseyourlovesignal.com. I am on Instagram, which is my name. And uh, in the the link in my bio, you can find all the details to my clubhouse room, which happens every Monday night at 5 p.m. Eastern time, where we talk about anything and everything on the conscious, <laughs> conscious level. Tonight, we're actually having a bit of a top 10 uh, conscious way of being or celebrating Valentine's Day. So I'm looking forward to the conversation. <laughs> oh, that's so nice.
0: <laughs> I've been yeah, in the room. And- it's very powerful. So definitely check it out. Well, Chantal, thank, you, thank you, so you so much for coming on Shot at Love on Valentine's Day. It was just a great thrill to have you.
1: It was such a treat to be had. So thank you so much, Carrie. And I love what you do. And uh, I especially love your heart into what you want to share with your audience. So thank you for doing what you do.
0: Oh, thanks, Chantelle. And for now, this week, Shot at Love dating tips, which are inspired by our guest, Chantelle Landerville. Number one, in your search for love, look for a conscious relationship. A conscious relationship is transformational. Don't forget to be 100% committed and be 0% attached. Number two, watch your thoughts. The influence of our thoughts has a direct impact on how we live and what we experience, especially when finding love. Say to yourself, I find love easily and freely and I'm the queen of manifesting love. Number three, When dating, it's imperative to manage your expectations. Don't assume, communicate your needs, and watch your attitude. Number four, when you need great advice around love, follow Chantelle Landreville, especially her Instagram Lives, or listen to her clubhouse room, Raise Your Love Vibration. Both are packed with valuable information. I hope you found some of my tips helpful this week. This is what Shot at Love is here for, to help you find love. Keep up the commitment to yourself and commit to helping someone else by sharing this podcast. Remember to stay safe and stay tuned for more episodes. And if you like this show, please subscribe and leave a five-star review. I'm Carrie Brett, and we'll see you next time.